Hello, beautiful community. It is Angelica here and giving you an energy update before we get in today's very exciting episode. So we always talk about how there's a lot of releases that are happening, but especially during times when you're manifesting something bigger into your life, in order to create space for that manifestation to come through, there has to be this layer of shedding, of releasing what's already there so you can make room for it. And then on the other side of that too, it's you're raising your own vibration. And so of course you're going to kind of release some of that dirt and some of that soot that you're holding on to so that you can be shiny and meet the vibration of your new manifestations to come forward. So we talked a lot about this on our Instagram and whenever there is this type of shedding and release, we find that it often happens in the lower chakras. So root, sacral, and solar plexus chakra is where we can experience a lot of these emotions. And you know, when we think about our mind and our emotions, it's so seamlessly weaved into the moon and what phases the moon is in. And so the moon moves every two and a half days. She moves pretty quick, but it's so beautiful how we can really be in connection to her and see that when she moves in her different phases, we move in our own phases as well. And there is an alignment between the two. So we just had our full moon in Libra and Libra is all about getting into our inner beauty and our long-term relationships. And what are those connections, the connection and relationship with myself and my masculine and feminine side, but also what is, and how does that reflect my outer relationships? And then as we're moving into the waning moon, the waning moon in Scorpio, which was just last night that would have been april 29th and in scorpio scorpio uh moon in scorpio is one of my favorites because that's where it is in my chart and same with rachel and same with a lot of my family members and people that i just love and moon in scorpio means you can feel all the emotions and i literally felt that last night like this but i think i felt every single emotion that i could possibly have felt um, in the whole day yesterday, there were so many highs and lows and it can feel chaotic sometimes when the moon is in Scorpio because the body wants to purge and release and shed all these emotions and transform them. That's very much the energy of Scorpio. It transforms and it creates, it's a, it's a healer sign as well. Like you can heal these emotions so that you can transform them and coming to the truth of who you are and really root into that. And so why I, I love that so much during this time is that we can use that powerful energy of the moon to transform all these emotions that we're releasing and shedding. That's like the perfect moon to do it is in Scorpio. So last night as I'm feeling all these spectrum spectrum of emotions, I really allowed myself to just sit in meditation and to feel them. Not to attach it to a story. I, of course, if those memories came up, I allowed them to, to kind of purge themselves, but really just allowing these feelings to come through. So things like fear, things like guilt and self-doubt, just all allowing them to trickle down and be released. And these are related to the first and the second and the third chakra. And oh my gosh, on the other end of releasing all these emotions is such divinity. It really is. And it can happen quicker than what we think, especially when we have this as a consistent practice, when we're constantly using our spiritual practices, um, breath work, meditation, yoga, even just the simple act of a morning routine or calling a friend when we're feeling something, all of these things together when we're constantly working on them it aligns. Um, it aligns our energy centers so that we can release what we don't need and we can really step into what is working well for us. So last week when we asked our community what emotions we are experiencing the most and releasing, um, the majority was feeling a lot of self-doubt. And this is related to the shadow side of the third chakra. And so it's really good though, because whenever we're about to manifest something in each of these energy centers, usually the shadow stuff comes up. It's coming up so it can purge so that you can get on the other side of it. And so you may be working towards really stepping into your authenticity, really stepping into your power, um, whether that's a new career move, whether that is just sharing your ideas more, um, whether that's just finding a new sense of motivation and, and discipline in your life. What has to purge is that self-doubt of, I'm not cut out to be this, or that imposter syndrome type of mindset of, who am I? Do I really have the credibility? I need more knowledge to do this. And, you know, of course, we're feeling that as well here in, in our own ways. And I'd want to share some of the practices that have really helped us to step into our authenticity. And a lot of that is related to human design, um, which Rachel and I use a lot in our practices. So I am a projector and part of 
me being able to share my gifts and my wisdom is being invited in. And a lot of times when people think of waiting for the invitation in order to be able to share their gifts, they think that's just like sitting around and doing nothing and twiddling your fingers. I definitely thought that for a while. And I realized a huge piece of this was allowing yourself to be seen, which is definitely a shadow side that I experience often. I like to play it small. Um, I don't like to, but I do it subconsciously in order to make others feel higher and and make others feel not bad about themselves for seeing me stepping into a bigger version of myself. And so what I've been doing is just making myself more seen and visible and just sharing more of my gifts. So I've been doing this more in my personal Instagram and just um, on our social Veda as well. Sometimes I don't like to show my face and everything like that. And so it's been so refreshing to do this, to share this so that it opens up so many more conversations with different people in my community and different people that I haven't connected with in a really long time, but are really interested in healing their bodies. And it just makes so much sense because I want the world to heal and I want to be a part of their healing experience. And so the only way that that is going to disperse and have growth is when I share that. Um, So I've really been loving stepping into that And another big part of healing the third chakra is really just taking action. So I'm one that has a lot of ideas and sometimes I'll get in my head like, oh, that one's not good enough or whatnot. And I just been, I don't know if it's been the sun in Aries this past month, but as soon as I have an idea, um, I send it to Rachel and we put it into action and we collaborate together and make it happen. And that energy has been feeling so, it's so fulfilling because it's trusting my inner instincts. It's trusting the creativity and the ideas that it comes through and being able to see it come into fruition is just all the more confidence in myself that yes, I truly believe in this vision that I have. And I truly believe that this is what's best in this moment. And what Rachel's been working on. So she is a manifesting generator an MG. And a lot of times it's all about her sacral authority. So in the sacral chakra, and she has to feel lit up by something in order for her to like, be like, yes, I'm ready to do it. And a really good question that's helpful for Rachel has been, if it's not a definite yes, then it's a no. And that can be really hard for MGs because they have the generator they have the motor to kind of always do something but if they're not lit up by it then it's actually going to deplete their energy so she's been really working on okay what is a definitive yes and if it's not a hell yes like I can definitely drop it to the side and just that energy is just so powerful because you're like wow I have the power to make my own choices and to trust my own intuition again it's giving you that sense of confidence and just to be so authentic and in your own feelings So for our beautiful community, if you are looking to heal this self-doubt to release it and to really step into your authentic power, I hope you took away some um, little tools or techniques that you can start implementing. Maybe that's even just a mindset of, I don't give a fuck what other people say. I am just going to put it out there because I believe in it and I trust it. And I know that it's what's right for me in this moment. And on that note... I, this whole authentic truth and stepping into our power is so related to our beautiful guest today. Um, the lovely woman from Woke Mystics, we have Imani and Ellen on the podcast today when we were so blessed to have them. They are so highly intuitive and so talented and gifted. Imani is a quantum oracle. She's had 15 years of experience using oracle decks actually, and five years of dreamwork interpretation. And she comes from a lineage of intuitive women, which we actually talk about when we first ask Imani and Ellen, what was the catalyst of their spiritual awakening? And Imani talks about how she kind of always grew up with intuitives, which is so cool and I find so fascinating. And Ellen is an astrologer, a healer, a tarot reader, and she works a lot with ancestral healing too. And we really go into ancestral healing and what does that mean and how you can start connecting with your own ancestors. She has really tactile, beautiful practices you can start doing right after this podcast. Rachel and I love talking to Ellen and Imani because we're both partners and it's always so fascinating to see how two women can work together and they create something so beautiful. And what was really fascinating about their partnership story is that they really are complementary to each other. So what 
and it's really cool. They have this like yin and yang um, and not that one carries this persona of being the yin and the other one, the yang, but in different fields, they both hold those different energies. And it's really beautiful to see them come together and create this beautiful business. That is the woke mystics. We actually found them um, because as you all know, I love listening to podcasts and we found them because they have such a great podcast. So definitely check out theirs. Um, after you listen to this episode, they basically cover everything, right? They cover, we talk about astral projecting because they have an episode on that. They cover any type of healing or spiritual modality there is. And so when we were like, okay, they covered everything, but we want to talk about something that can feel new and fresh for them. And um, yeah, they're just, they are so multidimensional and I know you're going to love this episode. We also talk about um, quantum healing, which is what Imani does a lot. And like, what does that mean? And how does that work? Which I find so fascinating. And they also go into a lot of spiritual practices that you can do for yourself. One of the ones that I love that Ellen talks about is how to cleanse your room um, and why you would want to do that, especially after you have a night of dreaming and how you can take on other people's energies in your dreams. That was like, kind of a really big mind blower for me. So there's so many good spiritual practices that you'll take away. um, And you're just going to love their authentic truth um, and energy that they have. So without further ado, I'll let you sit back and relax and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Soulful Veda's podcast. We are Ayurvedic health coaches that heal imbalances in the mind, body, and spirit. We are here to guide you on your healing journey with soulful wisdom and higher intuition. You are your best healer and your moment to connect your highest self is now. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Soulful Veda Show. Today, you have both Angelica and myself, and we're also so pleased and delighted to welcome two special guests. We have Ellen and Amani of The Woke Mystics. They are also co-hosts of their own podcast, and they recently authored, co-authored a book together called Astrology SOS. So we are so happy to have you two here with us today. Hi, it's so like, nice to be here. Thank you for having us. Beautiful. So one of the questions that we always start with our podcast um, is getting to know more of our guests in the sense of what happened during your spiritual awakening and when. So I'd love to hear from both of you. Uh, what was the catalyst of your spiritual awakening? When did it happen? Um, and all that jazz. Mm. Um, this is such an interesting question for me to answer because it, it feels like it's a uh like an evolving process that always opens up like a deeper layer. Um, And because I grew up with a a mom that was very spiritual, I was exposed to a lot as a child. So I wasn't like coming into this as adulthood. It was the the tools were there, but it was about um, redefining those tools for myself as an adult. Um, So as a child, I grew up around um, meditation and mediumship and tarot and um, astrology and like uh, palm readings, like the whole, the whole gamut, Um, the Ouija board. And then um, as an adult moving away from my hometown and really needing to lean into my faith system um, as a way to just like ground me through taking a lot of risks and um, following your own path, like the the beginning of following your own path outside of the matrix, so to speak. Um, I really had to lean on my own intuition. And that was where it went from, you know, pulling my Oracle cards to know if a boy liked me and more about really leaning in and trusting my path and needing spirit in order to do that. Um, And so I did that in my early 20s, and then it became more professional in my late 20s. I started doing readings for others um, at women's circles, Um, and then from there, um, Ellen and I had already been friends for a while, and she um, approached me about doing a podcast. First, we kind of thought about doing a dinner um, to bring different spiritual practices together and have people create conversation around it. Um, and then it became um, what it is today. And that has just completely expanded the process of um, like my spiritual journey. I um, have started working with a shamanic quantum healer. And so now 
I moved out of just like the intuitive mediumship space and into energy work and looking at multiple dimensions and how that ties back into the space that we're in here. And that's like a a broad overview of the journey (laughs) for me. Yeah. Wow. I, sorry, Ellen, before we get into your story, I'm so curious to know, um, because oftentimes I, f- I feel, you know, we started to study Ayurveda and oftentimes when we hear um, of other practitioners who have maybe grown up with Ayurveda and then they kind of go through this period where they like go against it because it's like what they've always known and they like want to rebel. But then they're like, wait, no, that's, this is an alignment, but I just needed to find it for myself. Was there ever that kind of like, I'm going to rebel, but then like, no, this is what my calling is too for you since like you grew up with it around your mom? Yeah, I think, you know... In high school, I never stopped doing it, but I didn't talk about it like in my peer group. Um, There was kind of like peer group and then there was home. And my mom had a tea house when I was growing up. So home that like my mom's tea house was an extension of my home and everybody that came there. So I was around a lot of adults. And so when I was in that space, I got to fully explore and there wasn't any stigma around anything as much because I was around a lot of adults that weren't going through the same peer pressure that high school students were. Um, so I was experiencing it then, but I never fully reject it. I think I just became a little bit more of a skeptic during that period. Um, you know, like get a tarot reading and then like doing that terrible thing. I, I, now I would definitely say it's terrible, but of like, you know, somebody gives you a reading and you're like, well, we'll see, we'll see if that happens kind of thing. Um, and then, (laughs) and then, um, uh, I'd say in my Saturn return around 27 or so was when I hit that kind of like, uh, dark part of the journey where you know what your path is and you feel so dedicated to it, but, it's a process and it takes divine timing and you have to go through a lot of challenges to break away from belief systems. Um, and that was the first time where like, you know, I kept, I would always say during that time, like I'm beefing with spirit, like I'm mad, like these things that I need, they're not showing up for me. And so it took me to some really dark places, um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And then it was through finding the strength within myself um, that you, like, you realize the situation doesn't get better, you get better. And then when you get better, the situation gets better. And it's like an inward job first and then out. Um, that really changed the game for me. And that definitely had that typical, like, dark night of the soul journey um, to go through that process. Um, and then ever since then, dealing with the highs and lows has always felt a little bit more like you can come back to that harmonious middle point. And it doesn't have to be so drastic. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that so much. That's so helpful also for our listeners to to hear that because oftentimes like things will come up for them and they're like, oh, I thought I healed from this. Like, why is it coming up again? Yep. And like all the time we're like, dang it. Like, I guess I wasn't progressing, but it's like, no, it does get easier. Like you do like just start to... um, I guess I get to a new, a a new level where it like, it becomes more subtle, those things, and then you can kind of like, begin to release them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm, I know you're probably loving this episode and feel so inspired by these women and their spiritual journeys and how they've developed their spiritual gifts and probably wondering, well, how do I get some of that? How do I step into my authentic truth? And one of the most pivotal techniques that Rachel and I have used with all of our clients is aligning our client's chakra system. And so we've created the chakra course so that you can dive deep into this of releasing your shadows of what is holding you back, releasing the blockages in your energetic system and going through each of the chakras as each individual module to learn the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda, yoga, spirituality to heal. So some of the goodies that we've got in there, it kicks you off with a 21 day Ayurvedic cleanse so that you can realign your mind, body, and soul. We have activations in the form of vinyasa classes, kundalini, yoga nidra, meditations, mantra, breathwork. I mean, literally, you name it, it is in this course. It is 
everything in there that we have taught to our clients all in one place. Truly, there's a lifetime of recommendations that you can have in here. And the great thing about it is that this wisdom is timeless. It's always going to be applicable for no matter where you are in your life. So there is truly never an end to doing all of this work. And when you truly start to embody all of these practices in spirituality, Ayurveda, yoga, and human design, you get to step into your purpose, living a life fully as your authentic truth and meeting the vibration of your highest self. It is one of our favorite programs that we've ever come out and we are so excited for those who are ready to dive into it to get into it. So you can find more information at soulfulveda.com slash cleanse and remember soul full the full has two l's we cannot wait to be a part of your healing journey back to this episode my spiritual journey really began with a breakup i was undergoing in 2014 i was super depressed Um, it was a very codependent relationship so i was unpacking a lot around self-worth and my self-esteem at the time And I remember I found a therapist who was very holistic, and she asked me the question around my higher power and belief systems. And I didn't really have much of an answer because my background is very agnostic. So both sides of my family are Catholic upbringing, Um, not practicing Catholics, but that was just the family religion, basically. Um, And my parents never really forced any sort of religion or spiritual belief onto me. I think they just wanted me to be open and explore what resonated for me. But that kind of just left me waiting out in the ocean trying to figure it out myself. Um, So when I was posed that question, um, I really had to address what God meant to me, what higher energy meant to me, what universal energy meant to me. She suggested that I go to the Agape Los Angeles Spiritual Center to start off. And that felt really good because it's non-denominational and I had never experienced conversation around spiritual power um, that wasn't in relation to uh, an organized religion. So that was a really beautiful awakening for me. And I had already been drawn to crystals and crystal healing. So that just expanded that, which led into altar building and meditations Um, And then that also led into the reawakening of my interest within astrology. My grandmother, even though she was Catholic, was very much into the sciences and spaces and astrology. And she was the figure in my life that let me play with a Ouija board and was really into all these taboo topics and really inspired that interest within me. So diving more into my spiritual practice in my early 20s kind of returned me to my child self and exploring uh, that energy. And I was already doing birth chart readings for friends, like in college, because I already knew a lot about my birth chart and how to read other people's birth charts. And then I started um, professionally offering that as a service when we started the Woke Mystics. Um, My divination practice, I originally, back in 2014, had oracle cards, but I felt really compelled to go into tarot because of its connection to astrology and the esotericism of it. And then once I started diving more into that, my mediumship really grew. And from there, I also began my initiation within Santeria, which began at the very beginning of the pandemic and has really pushed me into my ancestral healing work um, that I also offer as assistance to clients through my divination practice. And the beginning of your Saturn return. My Saturn return was really when my spiritual awakening got super, super deep Um, I was undergoing a separation at the time, so that was really emotionally difficult for me and was leaning into this big spiritual rebirth process. I was also um, contemplating leaving a job for entrepreneurship during that time. Um, So everything was just amplified during my Saturn return. I'm currently at the tail end of my Saturn return. So the beginning of my Saturn return in the middle was definitely the heat of the spiritual awakening and journey. I was just about to ask you, I was like, wait, was that the start of your Saturn return? Because it's like, it's like, literally, like, everything gets, like, brought from underneath the rug, like, but it's so cool, because when you're talking about how you're so attracted to, like, seeing the shadow and the light side of the work, it's like, 
you explained that so beautifully in your awakening. It's like you had to go through the shadow, but like then so much light came from it of like the woke mystics and your podcast and like blooming together tarot and, and astrology. And I'm, I'm curious, um, were you two friends before you started kind of dabbling in the spiritual space together? Did you know each other? Oh, mm-hmm. cool. So when you started your partnership, I think I always have this idea that when people start their partnerships, they like pull up their charts and they're like, do we fit together? Even though that's like never how it really works. <laughs> but I'm curious, like how did you decide to go into this? Because I always think that when you start an entrepreneurship journey, that it's really such a spiritual journey because you learn so much about yourself and you have that added element in this case of also having a partnership. So I'm curious if you two, when you were friends and knew each other, if you like pulled up each other's charts and decided like, oh, do we work well together? Or how did you see this coming together and being a long-term thing and working together on your friendship and business relationship as well? Um, yeah, I, I, it's interesting to look at some of the things that came up in retrospect Um, because we had been friends already for about three years before we did business together. And um, last year, Facebook did that, like, look back at three years ago today thing. And um, there was a, I had posted a, a, like an update on my wall. And I had said, um, like, oh, you know, Ellen and I just met for lunch. And we talked about like, what it means to be woke and be boss babes. And so basically I used the word woke a few times, which ended up being part of our name (laughs) and had no, like did not connect the dots until Facebook showed us this. And then also just that we talked about like being boss babes and like, you know, being our own, our own bosses and working. Um, So it was kind of like a, that moment where you're like, oh, this was already happening. Like the universe was conspiring Mm -hmm. for this before we realized. (laughs) So I think that's such a cool little piece. Um, And then also, I don't think we looked at our personal charts and how they work together prior to working together, but after working together, that was something that we looked at a lot um, as well as the chart of our business. Um, And so you know, for me, I'm a, a cancer sun with a Leo cusp. And then um, Ellen is a Leo with a Virgo cusp. And my rising is Capricorn, her moon is Capricorn, and her rising is Pisces, my moon is Pisces. So we're like, direct opposite, but reflections of each other. And so I think that we're not, com- we're not um, so similar that that we would do everything the same. But how we do things is complementary to the other one for the platform. Yeah. Yeah. Like even our, our personal experiences of like one things that some things that we bonded over was the fact that we were both biracial women of color and like Imani is like father is black and my mother is black. Her mother is white. My father is white. Like there's all these complementary <laughs> things that yeah. are there. Um, and so I think like the fact that just even like we're so complementary in that way, like we balance each other out in these very distinct forms. So like people, if you put us down on paper, we always say like people would look at us and be like, oh, you're the same. Like if you looked at the paper, like they're very similar people, but it's like actually it's externalized so differently. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's like these complementary energies are living within us. I don't think we did our birth chart compatibility or like talked about our signs really until the astrology episodes when we started diving. Yeah deeper into that and looking at our placements in that way. But I think also one good thing about us both being intuitive too, is that we can pick up on what the other person needs in certain moments as well. Mm -hmm. Like there's been times where, you know, one of us is going through something more emotionally, may need to take a step back. So the other one will move forward. And it's never like a discussion that we like have to have, like we just can energetically feel one another that like some of us, like one of us needs to pick up the slack on one way for another person in this moment. Yeah. And yeah, I think when we met, I was I was currently working nine to five jobs at that time and I was in design and I was really trying to call in people who were creative and also like doing their own thing because I wanted to expand outside of the nine to five world. And at that time, that's when I called Imani in and she was doing the same of like promoting her business and she was working in fashion, too, at the same time. And so that's how we ended up like connecting was through those two different experiences within the same industry. Again, the mirror. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so funny. 
I feel like mm-hmm. that's happened with so many partners we've talked to, and Angelica and I are very the same in both our Western and Vedic charts. We have a lot of mm-hmm. Scorpio and similar things, and like same as what you're talking about, it's almost telepathic, where like mm-hmm. we'll both pick up our phones and see the little dots. I'm sure you guys have this, like, oh, we're both texting <laughs> each other right now. We haven't yeah. talked today. Or like, or like, hey, it feels like you're feeling off today, but like haven't spoken. And so it's mm-hmm. it's a really special thing to have in a partnership, and I think it's cool, especially women in a partnership. You very much have that, mm-hmm. and it really opens up the community too because I think before in a nine-to-five if I would have been feeling that I'm not sure I would have ever brought that to the table and been like hey are you feeling okay today like should we move this meeting but because we get to create this space and really embody that it's so cool to have the power and the flexibility to to do that and be like hey yo if you don't want to have our one-on-one today like we don't have to do that like let's talk about it tomorrow like let's create then like let's really feel into how we're feeling intuitively to make sure that we can put the best stuff out there so I think that's really cool that that was already happening for you. And then you look back later and it's like, oh, wow, all of these things were already pretty compatible and exactly what we needed. Yes, the the beauty of retrospect. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I was so divinely guided. (laughs) (laughs) Everything, always. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also really funny because at this point, like we don't even know if it was like a conversation we had or a telepathic conversation. We're like, I don't know if I talked about this with you or whatnot, but like, are we on the same page with this, right? Like, I don't even know. Like, was it a dream or were we actual traveling to another dimension together? Like, I don't know. It's all the same at this point. Oh, yeah. The dreams definitely happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I listened to your episode on astral projecting because that's something that I've been dabbling in. And that was like so fascinating to hear both of your stories on that. I, I loved hearing and like the soul healings that you do. And I, I, remind me, is it Ellen or Imani who um, you used to do? And I don't know if you still do this. You do sessions um, with your clients with astral projecting? I think it plays a part in in both of our work. Um, mm-hmm. For me specifically with quantum, it's it, it's all of the work. Um, because Mm -hmm. you're, you know, everything is astral. I go out into astral space to do energy work with my client, um, to tap into different timelines that are operating for them in different spaces, um, to help clients with quantum manifestations. So pulling things into this realm. So yeah, astral projection is like a, it it is, yeah, (laughs) it is what I do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One word to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I think like for, mo- for a lot of our um, listeners, we think of actual projecting as just the dream world. And that's kind of been what my experience is and I've been thinking about. So I would actually love to hear more about how you use that as a healing modality with your clients. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, it, it comes back to quantum. So quantum is the idea that um, we are all consciousness before we are in human form and everything is consciousness. And so if everything is consciousness, then we were that before we came here and we came in the human body form to experience, um, the different frequencies within consciousness of different emotions of, you know, everything, everything around us is a a vibration and a frequency. And so, um, we have the third dimension, fourth, 5d, 60, 70, 80, 90. And so, Um, within that frame, if you look at that, you know, we talk about like extraterrestrials and other beings, and that would be, you know, outside of 5D and beyond. And um, uh, the the communication that we're able to have with other beings, when people talk about Palladians, is through um, 4D and 5D communication, so telepathy. Um, When we communicate with our ancestors, with spirit guides, that is through astral projection. That is through a portal of space that is connecting us with another dimension that we don't have a a body in. Um, And so for all of that to happen, you are essentially, you know, you you can go into meditation. There's so many different ways to astral project. You can go into meditation and it can be the idea that you're um, like a part of your soul leaves your body to go communicate somewhere else. Um, it can be the idea that like you're going into hip, you can do it through hypnotherapy, through yoga nidra. Like there's so many different ways to tap in, um, through using quantum. Um, but yeah, it's essentially the idea that you're going into a state of consciousness where there is no physical 3d form. Yeah. For me, um, actual projection happens a lot within my personal circle. Like my friends will 
text me the next morning and be like, we were doing a ritual in their dream, my dream last night. I'm like, oh, cool. That's why I'm so tired today. <laughs> it's always around the ritual of some sort. Like we're always doing rituals in astral realm. Um, with clients, um, I've been transported into their spaces before. Like I usually do a meditation before um, my client session. So usually about 20 to 30 minutes beforehand, I'll just get into a meditative state. And I've had situations happen where like I've seen my client gardening before she like gets on the call. And then I find out she was gardening right before the call happened. Um, I do a lot of ancestral healing work. So sometimes I'll see people's altars and I'll tell them like, this needs to be moved. This needs to be adjusted. And like their altar won't even be in view of the screen. And they're just like, how do you know what it looks like? <laughs> and I'm like, it's because of the, the meditative state that you go into, like being able to transport outside of your body to these spaces. Um, so that's been very helpful for a client work, especially with the ancestral work in particular, just because like a lot of times I've found that clients struggle because they feel like I didn't know personally these ancestors. So how am I going to know like how to honor them? And so it helps with like helping them identify like these are certain offerings and practices that you can do to honor them versus feeling so lost and feeling like they have to like cherry pick what works and what doesn't for them, giving more guidance in that way. Ellen, can you actually go into that a little bit more deeply? Because I feel like that's something I struggle with, like even knowing just like the basics. Yeah. I mean, I, it's a privilege to know who your ancestors are. Like some people do not come from a background where they are connected to family in that way. So usually what I suggest to people is if you do have, if you do have a connection to your ancestors, like grandparents, for example, that you were close to start with them. I like to think of the ancestral realm as an orbit. So there's you in the center and then there's these rings that go out and there's certain ancestor guides on these certain rings and they step forward depending on what is needed at the time. That's another thing too, like your ancestral team is always switching depending on what challenges you're facing, what obstacles you're trying to overcome in that circumstance. You know, there's certain guides that have certain talents and energies that you can work with for certain things. Um, I always tell people, you know, you don't have to sit at an altar to honor your ancestors. I think people put ancestral reverence on such a pedestal of like, oh, I have to have this sacred space that's like set up specifically for them. And I mean, I love altar work, like it's a big part of my practice, but I know for some people it's not hospitable to their environment, maybe, maybe they're traveling a lot, for example. So I always tell people that your body is also a conductor for your ancestors as well, like picking up on their energies. So it's a type of mediumship when you feel certain adjustments within the body, temperature wise, goosebumps, things like that. Um, that's also a signal that your ancestors are trying to communicate with you in that moment. Sometimes you'll get certain smells of certain foods. Maybe they want you to cook like a homemade meal that was traditional to them as well. And that's another thing that you can do um, if you don't know them personally is if you know kind of your demographic and what country you are come you come from or your family comes from tapping into the history of that country as well and picking up on the foods and cooking that will help to bring forward more significant signs that are personal to you in that way also listening to music too is a big way that they try to connect as well yeah. mm, i love that bring it into the five senses and home to the body it's mm -hmm. always such a good place yeah. to start anything so yeah, yeah thank you for sharing that mm-hmm so we kind of talked about quantum physics um, and astral projecting. I feel like you have so many modalities, like you bring in art and then you bring in astrology and tarot. And, you know, how do you kind of bring all these together as as one offering um, rather than because sometimes I know we call these things like all these different names, but like truly it's all like the same kind of practice. But I'm just curious as far as like, when you started to bring on all these gifts, how were you able to communicate that with your clients? Like these are our offerings and like, this is like the menu of things that we are masters at. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a few things. One, we, Ellen and I both have different offerings that we give to clients. Um, and so, you know, there, there then lets there be something for everybody there. Um, so anything that you feel drawn to, like there's, there's going to be a place there for you. So like if you wanted to row reading or ancestral work done or your birth chart read, like you can go to Ellen, if you want to do energy work and tap into quantum for manifestation, um, or get a like mediumship reading done, um, for channeling, you can come to me. 
And um, even like on the podcast, we bring on guests for anything that we're not experts in. So if you want to do something else, that's like the whole reason why we try to have like a very inclusive, diverse lineup of of guests on the podcast. If, if you're interested in something that we don't offer, you can probably find somebody on there, listen to them and, you know, decide if you get a feel for them and feel drawn to them and you can go to work with them. Um, so it really gives the listener a lot of like autonomy and empowerment to kind of figure out where they want to go and what they want to do. Um, and then, you know, the idea that as humans, like the work we're doing, it's all a piece, kind of like you said, it's all a piece of the same work. Like no matter what cultural background you go to, you're going to find um, that most spiritual practices honor the earth. They honor spirit. Like it, this is like a continual thing, right? Like when you step outside of Western medicine and into holistic medicine, like there's going to be a lot of similarities between a lot of these practices. Um which are connect us to our mind, body, spirit, and then to like unity consciousness, which is that, you know, we're all interconnected throughout all of the dimensions of space. Um, And so I think that honestly, they're all important. It just, there's not a like, you have to do A, B, C, then D, you know, somebody might start with D and then they eventually get over to A. So everyone's journey is going to look different, but Honestly, I think all aspects of it are important. Like I think ancestral work is so important because it's so important to remember where you come from. But I think quantum work is so important too because it's so important to know what is out there and what's communicating with us so that we can be a part of our bigger system. And so it's like, I would never hold one of them as more important than another. I think that they are all necessary for humans to move past survival and into transcendence. Yeah, I second that. I think that you have to be open to how your journey wants to unfold and not compare yourself to other people's journeys. Like that's a big thing that happens within the wellness space. It feels like there's a lot of information out there and people get really obsessed with like getting to the next level (laughs) of enlightenment. And it's a lot of patience with yourself and listening to yourself as well. And also knowing that your mentors and teachers that are going to come in are going to come in when it's divine timing. Um, I think that's a big lesson for people as well. Like when you're ready for the next level, the next lesson that's going to come in, like the mentor or the teacher will arrive or connect to you. So be open to the journey and allowing yourself to explore different things that you feel called to. Um, Tying back to what Imani said, within all these cultures, there's a lot of parallels too. So making sure that to avoid the whole cultural appropriation portion of wellness, like connecting back to your own ancestry and your cultural background helps you with like strengthening your own energy as well and spiritual strength. Yeah, I resonate a lot with what you said about especially in wellness space, or I think anything that you feel really passionate about, you want to be good at it because you're so excited about sharing it. And you want to come from that place of integrity of being like, okay, now I know this so I can share and help other people. And I think it comes from a good place. But sometimes you find yourself and I'm speaking from my own experience, like reaching like, oh, now I have to dabble over here. And now I have to learn this. And now I have to learn this. And part of me loves that learning all of these different modalities. But I think it was challenging when we were in business and Angelica and I were like focusing on, okay, what do you niche into? Because you hear that a lot as entrepreneurs, like, what is your niche? What is that one thing that you do? And it was like, well, we like to do all of the things. Like they're all beautiful. (laughs) They're all fun. Like, (laughs) so I think it's amazing how you can try on all these things. And it's about honoring what you pick up and learning from it and taking what you can from it while also strengthening the muscle in you that is your intuition and how things have that unique signature that is your gift coming through you. And it kind of takes me to my next question, which is like, what does your intuition sound like in its unique way to each of you? And how do you use it in your everyday life? It's a beautiful question. Yeah. I think that um, I'm so used to moving the way that I move that I forget other people don't move like this. (laughs) So yesterday, like I made a comment to one of my good friends on the phone and I was like, yeah, spirit's showing me the lesson, but I I see it, but I'm just rolling my eyes. And she like laughed and she was like, so that's your content. Like 
you don't even realize that what you're saying, like outside of you would just sound so good. But like to you, this is just normal. <laughs> so I communicate with spirit every day. I, I have I have signs, um, common signs that we talk about that I see all the time. And then ones that are just personal to, to me and my relationship with my guides and my conscious selves and my ancestors. And so um that that is a form of communication that happens on a daily basis, just like it would with anybody else that's, you know, in my 3D um, business or friendship or family. And so um, tapping into that is how I move so that I move in alignment with myself instead of doing what the matrix said I needed to do today. Oh, I should write anything that takes me outside of myself. Um, because, you know, I could think that I need to, to do um, this, this really important to-do list today, but spirit's like, no, actually you need to do this because you don't see what's coming in five days and you need to prepare your energy for it. And you just don't know. So if you listen to the, to the messages that you're going, getting and the intuition that you're getting, then you can align yourself so that it's still hard work, but it's in alignment. So it's not going to feel like you're pushing upstream to make things happen. Um, I, it took me a long time to distinguish what the sound of my intuition sounds like and what the sound of my anxiety sounds like. And I think anxiety for me, it's, my body is really the conductor. Like I'm very clairsentient. So I know when something's off when I feel it in my body. Um, and usually the tightness in the chest or like the upset digestive system, like that's my anxiety that's talking. That's when I know, um, my intuition sounds peaceful, sounds very, honest and very, I would say compassionate, but just a straight shooter in the way too, of like being like, this is unwavering and like, you cannot move away from this. Like, it's very like, this is the message and like, that's it. And we're not going to compromise on it. That sort of thing. While the anxiety feels more of like the nervous, like, well, what if this happens? Well, it's like more bubbling kind of like talking <laughs> in the background. So it took me a minute to distinguish what those two were, what the distinct difference was. Um, and then also paying attention to like my intuition. And then also like, I hear a lot of like my, my, my guides and my ancestors in different voices as well too. Like I know which ancestors are talking to me depending on how the message comes through. So like some of my ancestors choose violence and I know when they're trying to choose violence and I'm like, settle down y'all. Like I got to tell them to relax. And then I know which ancestors are more of the peaceful, like harmonious kind of diplomats of the team as well. So there's definitely a lot of voices happening in my head, which may sound crazy to some people, but I've also learned to know which, when it's anxiety that's trying to control the narrative and when it's like something outside of myself that's greater than me, that's trying to direct me in the correct way. I think that that resonates a lot because I think oftentimes when everyone starts to expand their gifts. They feel like it is anxiety coming, especially because if you are hearing all these different voices, you're thinking, one, am I crazy? And then two, like, I have all these different voices. Like, how do I distinct between all of them? So what was that process like for you of being able to be like, no, like, this is definitely coming from this ancestor and this is coming from this? Uh, yeah, the, the, the anxiety, I always know that if it has a lot of questions, then it's my anxiety. Like I said, there's that sureness that comes with like the intuition where it's just like so knowing and so unwavering. And even when I'm feeling anxious, I know that I'm supposed to do something because there's like this confident, like it's going to work out. Like every, it's very optimistic. Like everything is going to be okay once you just get past this fear, this boundary that's up for you. Um, my ancestral team, I know from my father's side, like they're, they're straight up gangsters and like it, they speak in accents and I can hear them speak in accents. <laughs> so that's a little weird to hear like accents, like talking to me, but I know who, I know who they are and I know they come through, especially when I need to stand up for myself. Like I've had issues with codependency and boundaries in the past. So one of my big practices, personal practices is setting boundaries and being very mindful of like what's making me uncomfortable and when I need to stand up for myself. So when that happens, I'll start to like hear their voices of like, no, you need to be self-assured, stand confident in who you are. And then the other voices that I feel like maybe my, my mother's maternal side is very like nurturing because I don't like to rest. That's a big thing for me too, of like resting and being compassionate with myself. I can be very self-critical. 
So sometimes like I'll feel like these nurturing voices of like, it's okay to just lay down today. Like it's okay if you just get this one thing done on your to-do list. So you've accomplished something. It's very like encouraging in that way. And so it's always like, depends on the challenge. It's the same as when we were talking about like the ancestral rings, like certain people will step forward to help you with certain energy and what you're facing in that moment. That's so special. Do you, um, you brought up some really great practices that like you kind of already do like in your everyday life, but are there any other spiritual practices um, that either of you do to get you into the mode of tapping into your intuition and being able to connect with any of the quantum physics or ancestral healing that you do? Um, I use mantra. Uh, it's such a high frequency um, being Sanskrit. And so that's what I use for my clients. It's also what I use for my daily practice. Um, and I lean on different goddesses depending on what energy I'm trying to work with or what beliefs I'm trying to break through or energy I'm trying to break through. Um, with quantum healing, I really look at things as frequency. Um, and so, you know, if I'm having reoccurring thoughts, what are these thoughts trying to teach me? Um, what kind of like loop is it on? What karmic loop is coming up of behavior that needs to be shifted to align me with where I want to be? Um, so for me, a lot of my practice has to do with frequency practices, whether that's through sound, thought, um, action, um, and then, um, yeah, just all really making, you know, it, it's not for me, the idea of like, this is just done in meditation at this one place, but it's the actions that you're doing out in your life. Like that's where the tests show up. So I, you know, I could sit and have a beautiful practice, which I do. I, I practice every morning and, and the more discipline I give myself, the, the more at ease that I am, but it really shows up once I leave the, the altar and I go out into the world and, um, and things are coming up for me and I have to address them in real time and think about, oh, this is connected. You know, we're not really taught to think that things are connected. We say, oh, that's a coincidence. No, it's magic. <laughs> um, right. and so, you know, to be able to see things, uh, you know, if you keep playing a song on repeat to not just brush it off, Oh yeah, I just uh I guess I really like that song today. No, there's a message in it and you keep listening to it because it's trying to get through to you. So look at everything. Everything you do in your life is magic. Everything. Um even more so than going to a yoga class or sitting in meditation. Um that the every day is is very magical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh for me, I do full circle moment. I do Catholic morning prayers now. <laughs> That's a part of my practice, with, especially within Santeria and the Catholic, um, the Catholic alignment within that practice. Um, so there are three prayers that I say in the morning um, at my ancestor altar, which I think also honors my ancestry as well, because both sides are heavily Catholic. So even though I may not necessarily, you know, devote myself to the image of like a God in heaven, like I do understand the importance of honoring their their beliefs as well and their practices and connecting back to that. Um, every morning I cleanse myself with um, Florida water and I make sure to smudge my space because I don't think we realize how susceptible we are to energy when we sleep as well. So cleansing out the space every morning is really important, especially since being at home, like we're not out and about as much. So being at home and like resting into your space and making it feel comfortable and hospitable to your mental and emotional state is really important to me as well. Um, and I like to pull cards every day, like it, maybe not every day now, it's maybe become like every other day. Cause sometimes I feel like the card translates into the next like 48 hours, but I do like to do like a single card pull from my tarot deck just to give me an idea of what my focus of my energy should be on for the day or like what to expect to like come up when I do leave my home in that way. And there's a, a lot of protections stuff I have to do before I leave my house as well. Um, like, wearing certain crystals for protection um, or spraying myself with Florida water before I leave the home, just because again, we're not realizing how susceptible we are to other people's energies. And so being mindful of that, those are like small things that you can do for yourself just to feel a little bit more supported as you go on throughout your day. 
Yeah, those practices are so lovely. I know I never even thought about cleansing my space after I sleep because that makes so much sense. Like like you said, when you wake up and you're just so exhausted because if you were astral traveling to different dimensions and you were soul healing in those times too, like you take in that energy. I, I never thought of that. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm curious if both of you have a vision for the future, um, whether that's people getting more connected to their ancestors or working more in the quantum or even just like a random prediction. Like what do you see as where we're going or where would you like to go in the next one year, five year, whatever timeline co- comes up for you? Um, well, so we're an age of Aquarius. So, so with that, everybody is, um, really expanding. We're coming more into a global community, especially for the pandemic. It's, it's, um, helped us to be able to see more globally, um, see our global neighbors and raise consciousness, also the advancement of like technology. And so with that, you know, I think the, the vision for the platform is to help and reach more people to be able to, um, discover their own spiritual journeys, um, and just have like resources available to them. Um, for me specifically, I, I want to help people see how it can be so much a part of your day-to-day life and to really bring the story element back to it and to, you know, a lot of the journey is really heavy. And especially right now, like what's being uprooted in the collective, like is just going to continue to happen. And um, yeah, I just want to, I want to, I envision myself like really being able to help remind people of like, um, to, to step outside of themselves. Like within quantum, we talk about like looking at the, the higher timeline. So you're the human experience, you're in it, you're feeling it. And then you can kind of come up above and see the bigger picture playing out. And you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Got it. And then you go back in and you keep doing the thing. And so to just kind of like help remember, like help people like remember to kind of like step out of their own personal, like war zones and like their own personal, you know, cocoons that have been created um to to help freshen up a little bit so yeah yeah I'm looking forward to seeing the marrying of like the science and spiritual side during the age of Aquarius I feel like we're going to see more and more of that like holistic healing is coming more to the forefront and that's really exciting to see just in general um and seeing more people openly discuss things like astrology and you know tarot and all those things. It's really, it's really empowering and exciting to see that it's becoming more normal to just openly discuss those things. Um, and I think one of my big missions is just like more community healing. Like I feel like I love working in community spaces and leading community spaces. And I think it helps with like strengthening the spiritual sector as well and strengthening the spiritual energy of a community when we work together to do so. Um, and I think a big part of my ancestral healing also, and something I've been seeing more is like people diving into their ancestry and their family backgrounds as well, because I think it's just been such an untapped sector where people think, oh, the past is the past and the dead is the dead and that's it. And now we're diving more into like, well, what about epigenetics and like the traits that have been passed down generations to generations, you know, the idea of family curses, well, what are actual family curses and why have they continued to live through these bloodlines in these different ways? Um, So addressing that and being able to heal our mentality around it and open up to that so that we can move stronger into our own narratives and our own future in that way. And then tying in my artistic background, my creative background into that, like working with creating art that feels representational of the spiritual space and sector and helping people with tapping into other dimensions through art and through meditation has been something I've been working on more since January. And it's been really fun to dive into that sector and explore that. Mm, That's beautiful. And I love what you say about community because, you know, I think sometimes this journey of finding all of these new things and that fear of feeling like, okay, everyone's going to think I'm weird or I'm alone in this is really high. So we keep it to ourselves until we're able to find that safe space where we can talk about those things and kind of question our own beliefs and thoughts out loud with a group of people who are doing the same. So it's beautiful. And I love that you're being drawn to that as well as something we're super passionate about too. 
So you guys just released a book and I would love to hear more about where people can find that, where they can listen to your podcast and also where to find um, the two of you separately too for different healings and sessions. Yeah. Um, Astrology SOS is on our website at the Woke Mystics, M-Y-S-T-I-X. Um, it's also on Amazon. It's on um, Barnes & Noble. Um, and just recently it's on um, Urban Outfitters online as well. Um, and Astrology SOS covers um, all of the retrogrades. It covers the lunar phases, um, the solstices and equinoxes, and then compatibility um, based on some elements of your chart and um, also the um, the elements as well, the earth, fire, and water, air. I love it. Thank you so, so much for sharing. And thank you for sharing all of your wisdom today. It's been so fun to dive into both of your stories. And if you guys who are listening haven't gone and listened to their podcast, you'll love it, especially if you love this one. We love so many of the same things and they do such a good job of bringing like fun, lightheartedness to new topics and bringing on different people who have different backgrounds and study all different types of modalities. So definitely check that out. Um, Apple and Spotify. I'm sure you guys might be a few other places as well, but um, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank yeah, you for having us. Ah, we are just so honored that Imani and Ellen came on our podcast and shared such wisdom. I hope you are so inspired by their personal journeys and how they came to create the woke mystics and also learning about quantum healing, what that offering is, and also learning about ancestral healing, how to start practicing it. They gave such great spiritual tools and recommendations so that you can start increasing your intuition and connecting more with source, universe, whatever that means and looks like for you. And of course, if you want to book readings and sessions with The Woke Mystics, you can check out their website, thewokemystics.com. Um, the Mystics has an X instead of a C, and we'll put that link in the show notes as well. And definitely check out our podcast. It is one that I love to listen to, um, and we know you're going to enjoy it too. So thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review. Send this podcast, you think, to one of your friends or family members that would love it um, and really benefit from it. We hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.